Welcome to the Men Are The Prize podcast. This is a safe space for men just like you to be open, vulnerable, and emotional. Every week, a new case study steps out of his comfort zone to discuss masculinity. Using the prize mantra, we discuss important aspects of being a man. This is the who, what, where, when, and how of manhood. Men are the prize podcast. I'm Harvey, your host. How are you? Hope the week is treating you well. I hope life is treating you well. I hope your your relationship is treating you well. And I hope you're doing the same for those relationships that you're in. Again, I'm lucky to have a great guest. And I, I love every man that comes on here and speaks with me. But it's always a little extra special when I get another Black man to come on here and talk with me. So I'm loving the fact that I have David Hammond on here with us. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good today, sir. Excellent. Here we go. I like a good bio. Let me get into this bio real quick and then we'll get get talking. David just recently released his first self-published book. You might be able to see me holding it. There you go. David is also the owner of Hammond's Painting LLC, a commercial and residential painting company. Painting is like therapy for David. It allows him time to think pray and clear his mind. Prior to becoming a published author, David obtained an associate's degree in business management and an associate's degree in graphic design. One of his goals is to leverage both his painting and management skills to teach young people who want to trade. He's also passionate about helping men who have been incarcerated like him to live a positive and productive life to ensure that they will never return to prison again. David believes that once God radically changes you, you have an obligation to help and mentor others. It's a good biography. I like that. It's good information, sir. All right. No problem. So if you have listened or haven't, if you haven't listened, welcome. Thanks for giving me of your time and listening to this podcast. If you have, you know that the way this podcast works, it's called Men of the Prize. I take the word prize. I take the letters in the word prize and I break off four of the letters to represent words that I think represent good characteristics in men. And then from there, we talk about it. And it's just going to be asking questions, and you'll see as we go along. Nothing too hard. I'm not here to break you. <laughs> I'm here to open you up so other men can hear. What this podcast really is about is men hearing other men speak and finding it acceptable, sure. being used to it. It should never be a surprise. So that's really what I do here. Before we dive into that, I think it might just be best if you wouldn't mind. Can you kind of just give us a kind of overview? of your story. You mentioned in your biography, you were incarcerated. Now you moved on to bigger and better things, but can you kind of give us an idea of your story and then we'll work off of that? Yes, sir. Uh, absolutely. You know, uh, these days we're hearing a lot about our man uh, who's caught up in the street life, you know, the, the drugs, the guns, the violence and things like that. So at, at one point in time, you know, I was one of those men you know, caught up in that same lifestyle. Uh, it started real early. Uh, in my early teenage years, you know, I was kind of sneaking around doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing and uh, started stealing, uh, stealing from candy stores, uh, backpacks full of candy, then going to sell it. Then eventually I started to breaking into cars and things, uh, selling things out of the car. Then as I got older, I started, uh, I guess you could say I promoted myself. You know, I started selling weed <laughs> and, and crack and things like that. 
But uh, just to rewind it a little bit, it kind of started, everything kind of started or took a downturn when I graduated high school. I was a pretty smart young man, but uh, I had made the plans to, as soon as after I graduated high school, my plan for myself was to just get out there in the streets and make money. That's the plans and goals that I had for myself, you know. Most kids are, you know, plan on going to college and you know, finding a good job and things like that. But I had my mind made up to go out in the streets and make money. And uh, so I went out in the streets. I started making some decent money for my age. And a year after graduating high school, I ended up uh, getting caught with drugs and guns on my possession and ended up going to prison. You know, a year after I graduated. And then, uh, however, while I was in there, you know, doing my time, uh, I still had those desires inside of me. I was still, I was in there coming up with a master plan, you know, trying to find out a way how to get back out there and make more money without getting caught, you know. Right. So I got out and, uh, you know, I went back to what I knew how to do was make money by selling dope and weed. And a year later, I ended up getting caught again <laughs> for the same thing, drugs and guns. And then, uh, so while I was in my cell, I started to kind of just think about, you know, what where my life was headed. You know, I had like a, it's like something in my heart I wanted to change, but I was still kind of lost. But uh, I knew I was, you know, kind of too ambitious to be in prison, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. But uh, eventually I ended up getting out. And uh, for a while I kind of stayed out of trouble, but uh, eventually I kind of got caught up and, you know, just caught up in a bunch of other things. Uh, started partying, partying a lot, you know, drinking heavily. Uh, started getting into a bunch of fights and things like that. Uh, to the point where people was trying to kill me and, you know, I was running out of people trying to kill people as well. And uh, and, it, and it got very reckless, you know, to the point where uh, I wasn't really valuing my life. And uh, the decisions I was making was pretty much going to lead, lead me back to the penitentiary for the rest of my life or in the grave, you know, whichever one came first. And uh, I remember my lawyer, he was saying, David, that you need to stay out of trouble. Because if you get caught again, you're going to be doing at least 20 years. And I heard him, but it's like I kind of brushed it off. I was just so caught up and lost. Uh, I just I wasn't thinking clearly. And uh, then it got to a point where I started, you know, doing armed robberies and home invasions. And I was just throwing my life away, man. But then uh, one day, you know, something happened. While I was at home in my bedroom, I had an encounter with God. I heard the voice of God speak clearly to me. He said, follow God's will. And after that night, I heard God speak to me. My life had completely transformed. My heart had been changed. My thoughts and my mentality had changed. My behavior changed. And I became this brand new man. Like a lot of things, a lot of habits and things that I had of smoking and drinking that I had been doing over 15, 20 years and things like that. All those desires were snatched out of me. I no longer had the desire to do those things. And it was like a murk would happen you know, right before my own eyes. You know, I was like, who is this, who is this man that I've become, you know? And for a while, I was kind of keeping it to myself. Uh, you know, usually I'm so laid back and quiet and I just, I was keeping it to myself. It was personal, but I felt like a stern in my spirit. And I felt God was saying, okay, you can no longer keep it to yourself. It's time to share it. So I felt he was leading me to write a book. So I was able to sit down and write the book. And uh, in this book, I kind of share, uh, some of the stories of the trouble that I was in. I share some of the consequences that I had to face. Uh, I go in details and share things I didn't want to share, but I had to you know, be real and honest about it. And I had to share about how, what God delivered me from. I shared the encounter and I shared uh, some other miracles and things that took place in my life 
that's pretty much allowing me to be right here today on this podcast talking to you. Uh, so in the book, I kind of take you on a journey, you know, and just it's it's very powerful, man. Uh, and for I'm just grateful to be here today and just able to share this opportunity with you. Excellent. So the book that he's talking about, and you know, you may be able to see it as I'm looking at it. The power that changed me. If God did it for me, God will do it for you. Sir. It's serious. Yeah. This is legit. This is reading. This is, as we would say, this is keeping it 100. No games with this. And I urge anybody, everybody to read this. And when I'm finished with it, I read most of it. I will tell you, I needed to take a minute in between readings because this is legit. So I'm like, I need to read, process, let me get back in, process. And that's just for me. And that's maybe the kind of reader I am. But when I'm finished with this, I'm going to do what I think. I'm a reader. I love reading. So what I'm when I'm done with this, I'm going to do the best thing I can for this because I'm going to pass it off to somebody else. I want other people. And even though I want people buying your book, I still think it's important that I get this to somebody else to read. So this is definitely a real read. Um, all right. And with that, let's get started. The word again, like I said, is prize. The first letter in the word prize in the word prize is P, the letter and the word is purpose. Purpose is defined as reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So with all that's happened with your life, with all that you've been through and with all that you are doing now, what is your purpose? Well, I feel like God pulled me out of that mud to send me back in. Uh, to send me back in to help pull other men out of their lifestyle. Uh, and I believe that God interacts with us, you know, in so many ways. So I believe that's part of my purpose to pull people out and to kind of help, help them to get on the life and where they have a relationship with God. Okay. Did you have a relationship with God? So before this, there was, I mean, did you grow up in the church? Was there anybody religious around you? Give me an idea of where you were. Where did you stand in terms of religion or spirituality before you have this, you know, you know, moment with God. Yes, sir. Well, uh, I, I did grow up in a church. Uh, my mother raised me. My father wasn't around, but we grew up in the church. We was always in church. But uh, mm -hmm. as I got older, you know, I kind of started doing my own thing. Okay. But uh, it was times where, you know, uh, it was kind of like it was like normal or natural for me to go to church, even though I was out here doing all of this stuff. There was times where I was still going to church sometimes. And, you know, other times I would be kind of hungover, you know, from a few hours before a party and fighting all night and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. you know, I'll be in there falling asleep, you know, but uh, we was raised in the church, but growing up, I, I was kind of doing my own thing. And there was a point where I, I stopped going and you know, I was just, just pretty much just doing my own thing. Okay. Okay. I'm, I, I grew up in the church also. My, I'm Haitian. My parents, Seventh Day Adventist, super, very religious and such. And for me, I'm I'm an atheist, so I'm not a believer at all. But really, what it was is, and for me, it was just that we. I just got taken to church. I wasn't going. If you understand what I mean, the difference. It's not. I was. It, it, my spirituality wasn't being there. I was just in the building waiting to leave. Yeah. So I'm always interested to hear people, religious people, who have found something, who are now there, and. I'm, I imagine hearing a voice, the voice of God speaking to you. That sounds profound. That sounds big, 
Like you're just yeah. in a room and all of a sudden there's this voice. And do me a favor, elaborate upon that. What I know it, you describe the feeling, but can you tell me like what, I don't know how to get this out. Did it feel like he was telling you, you have to change right now? Was it, can you tell me, what do you feel like you heard from him? What exactly were, were you being told in this conversation or in these words? Yeah. Well, uh, honestly, when I, when I heard him speak, you know, uh, it, it was profound and it, it consumed my thoughts for a few days, but I was like, what's God's will? You know, I don't, I don't know what to do. And to be honest, you know, you know, like I said, it consumed my thoughts for a few days, but to be honest, I was so lost and caught up, but I went back out there and was still just living my life, doing my own thing. Until like something happened one day, it's like a, I don't know, like you say, like a light switch or something. Something happened mm -hmm. in my heart where it just, it just instantly changed. Okay. So like I said, I didn't know, I didn't know what his will was, you know. But now, I see, I believe, I know what it is now. What is his will? I believe as far as having a relationship with him, you know, just day in, day out. You know, we're not perfect. We don't have it all together. And just interacting with him and, and just kind of sharing with others, you know, and, and and sharing my testimony, you know, and just sharing how he's revealed himself to me. And uh like that, and, and having a relationship, you know. Okay. So now one of the things that I've been reading the bio is that you're looking to help others, to kind of mentor others. So this is usually a question I ask, and I think it kind of fits. Would things have been different for you growing up if there had been a David Hammond for you growing up? I believe so. I believe so. Uh, I believe so. Because, uh, hmm. I mean, because thinking back, you know, uh, there, I mean, there was people who maybe I tried to encourage me a little bit, but I don't think that uh, maybe everyone could actually relate or had that experience where they can certainly tell me this is what's going to happen if you do this. These are the chances of things that can happen if you do these things. <clears throat> so I didn't really have no one who had that experience, you know, if, you, if it makes sense. I know. I understand completely. And I, I wanted you to kind of mention because relate's a big thing. And that's why I think you end up being a really good mentor because in, you meant in, in the bio that you're looking to mentor maybe men who have been incarcerated to keep them from going back, you literally can walk up and talk to a man. I've been there. I know I've been where you were and we're not trying to go back. That kind of conversation, you bring that, that experience, automatic relatability because I couldn't have that conversation with the man, but you certainly can. So you bring that relatability and then eventually you can bring in how God is the one that really helped you in the relationship and all. So I feel like it makes it easy, not easy, but it makes it easier for you to relate to these men as you go along. Sure. Um, do you get a lot of resistance from the men that you're talking to when you're trying to like lead them in the right direction? Do you get a lot of men who just like, nah, I, you know, I'm not trying to hear that, whatever. Or do you get men who like just taking it all in? I, this is what I needed to hear. What kind of experiences do you have with men when you're trying to mentor them? Yeah, uh, I've kind of got a little bit of both. Uh, it's 
some has been like, wow, that's that's real profound. And like they like, I needed to hear that. I appreciate that. They was encouraged. And uh, but there has been some where, you know, they have resisted and, you know, they kind of doubted and you know, started to question me and and uh and put a wall up, you know. Uh, but I I can't uh I don't have it all together. I don't know all the answers about God, right. and uh, but I know what happened in that bedroom that night. Right. And I can uh, I can share it with you and you know. Okay. Some receive and some won't. I hear you. The best you can do is just offer it up. Some people won't yes, take sir. it. That's what, that's what you can do. Excellent. Yeah. The next letter in the word prize is R. The word is resilient. The capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness. So when you were telling us your story a little bit earlier, you kind of went into some stuff that happened, but I'm going to ask you if you can think of something. Can you think of a particular situation? something that happened to you where you discovered you had resilience that you didn't know that you had? I will say, uh, when I made the decision in my mind to stop having sex with women until God blessed me with a wife. And I, I was, uh, this is, this is kind of winding back, uh, you know, just growing up, I never really committed to a woman, you know, just having different women that I was involved with sexually, right. partying right. with and things like that. But then uh, after I had that encounter with God, you know, I was still living my life. And there was this one woman that I was uh, involved with, you know, for over like four or five years. But, you know, uh, I started hearing the Holy Spirit speak to me. And one night, I was, while I was laying in her bed, I heard a whisper say, if you're not going to marry this woman, you need to leave her alone. So it blew my mind. I'm like, wow. And after that, I started being convicted. Every time I kept going over at a woman's house, I kept being convicted of it. I kept feeling uncomfortable. It was like, you're not supposed to be with this woman if you're not going to marry her. So it got to a point where I'm like, okay. I started telling them, I'm like, we can't do this no more. So I had to kind of cut it short and go my separate way. And I mean, it, it was to the point where I was you know, involved with these women so much over years, you know, it was like sex was an addiction. And really from me looking at it, I'm like, I'm, how am I gonna be able to quit having sex until I have a, get a wife? You know, when, is, right. when am I gonna get a wife, you know? Right. But after I decided to cut ties with that woman, I put my hands up, I was like, okay, God, I surrender. I'm not gonna have sex with these women till you bless me with a wife. And when I, when I made that decision and, and said that prayer to God, it's like I felt the strength. It's like I felt something step in and help me to the point where I, I would be able to uh, wait. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I definitely. If I made that decision to surrender, it's like I felt the power of God step in and help me where I would be able to wait till however long it is. Okay. That's wonderful. I respect that. You are quite a man. I don't know if I'm that dude. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've heard you for being that bad. That's that's good to hear. That's I, I, it's self-control. It's a level of restraint that a lot of us don't have. So you continue to adjust your experiences and you know, struggle is real. That's just another a notch. You continue to impress. So it's <laughs> wonderful to hear. So wonderful. Um for people who don't know them, are you still where where are we in that state? Are we in a relationship? Are we with somebody? 
where do we stand? <laughs> well, uh, I'm still waiting. <laughs> okay. So I've been, uh, <laughs> I've been, I've been uh, absent for 10 years now. And, and that's by the power of God. It's, it's not me. My it's something. Heart, my mm -hmm. heart has been completely changed, you know. I'm a mm -hmm. man who was addicted to sex, man. I love, right. I enjoyed partying, drinking alcohol, and made sure I had women with me all the time. I right. always, I never, I never like, I never wanted to wait for it, you know. Right. To be honest, I wanted, you know, one night stands and and all things like that, you know. I, you know, it's like I wanted, to, I needed to have it, you know. But it's it's all about the power of God, how He stepped in and gave me that strength and that discipline. Okay. Because if it I wasn't for that encounter, I will still be doing it. Mm, I hear you. I'll be doing it. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. All right. That's definitely resilience. That's a strong, strong man. Ten years. <laughs> you were. That's excellent. And when the woman is presented to you, you will. You know, she will value you as you will value her. I can imagine. Yes. Uh, yes, we will skip the I in the word prize. We keep it moving. The next letter is Z. The word is zeal. Zeal is enthusiastic devotion so what are you enthusiastically devoted to uh, i would say just kind of sharing my testimony you know uh it's this it's blessed my spirit you know it's it's beyond me and i know that it's gonna bless other people by by you know just hearing the story and it just you know it blesses my spirit and it humbles me you know from where I came from and now in this position because I know where I where I'm supposed to be I know I'm not supposed to be here okay okay but I just got the zeal to continue to share it with whoever wants to listen to understood it. understood the world needs to hear it and I'm glad I'm glad that we do the last letter in the word prize is e the letter e the word is expectation a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So you are sharing your testimony. You've got your business. You've got your book. What are you going to be doing differently? Or where will you be different in a year? Where will David Hammond be in a year? In a year? <clears throat> I would say uh, I will probably have another book released or in the process of being released okay. and uh, possibly uh, doing some workshops where I'm, you know, kind of doing workshops with uh, older men and younger men okay. and just kind of encouraging them and sharing my testimony and trying to help bring them out of that lifestyle that I was once in. Okay. Okay. Um, give me, if you can, because this podcast is about men and being open and sharing. It's 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 about masculinity. Yes, so that's what I'm sure that's what I talk about because the idea of being open enough to talk and express your emotions and stuff, it's not something that's typically masculine. That's not something we're supposed to do. How much of your masculinity was kind of defined, if anything at all? by what you were doing by being out on the streets being with women you know drinking stuff like that did you how did you feel about yourself maybe that's the better question while you were doing these things that eventually led you to to jail and such how were you feeling about yourself if you can think about that 
it's, I mean, it seems like I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking. Because mm -hmm. I, I always think back and would remember like stuff I was doing, but it's like I can't really remember what I was thinking, you know, at those moments, what, how, I, how I was feeling about myself until I, when I was in prison. You know, I, I said I, I kind of had that feeling uh, that I was just too ambitious to be in prison again for the same thing. But while I was out there doing the stuff, uh, it's like I wasn't really thinking. wasn't you no know, didn't have a clear mind. It happened. So I asked I spent a lot of time when I talk to men, and valuing yourself is such an important thing because if you value your life and maybe the people around you, your wife, significant other, your children, stuff like that, if you value yourself, you probably will make better decisions because you don't want to want to hurt yourself and hurt the people around you. Absolutely. So you weren't really thinking before, which to, to a degree makes sense because, you know, as you said, you were doing some stuff you probably shouldn't have. With God in your life now, how, how do you value yourself now? What, I guess what is, and that's a dumb question, what is your value? to you now as opposed to before when you weren't even really thinking about your actions what do you value how do you value yourself well uh i definitely believe that uh our decisions well my decisions not only affects me but my loved ones as well and uh <clears throat> and the fact that they they knew the stuff that i went through but they still love me and they're still in my corner to encourage me and support me. So, I mean, I, I feel good, you know, uh, I'm, how would I value myself? Uh, <clears throat> I would say I'm worth it, you know, uh, there you go. And the fact that God, well, God, you know, I wasn't too far gone for God to step in and snatch me out of the lifestyle. So I feel loved. I feel cared for. And so now I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to make them same decisions that I once did. Because now I, now I value myself even more, you know. That's good. That's good. Especially for you, because right, right currently, right now, you're not in a relationship. And a lot of us men, that's how we value ourselves. That's how we determine our importance by how we take care of a wife and children and a family by, you know, the bigger the house, the nicer the car, you know, all that stuff that we do. But you are in a place where you're taking care of yourself and you feel good about yourself, which is something all men should strive for, which yes, when you do find somebody is going to make you even better yes. because you're a, you're a fully formed man, confident. I'm this. I have this belief. I have this behind me and what I can bring to this. This is what I can bring to you. This is literally you know, when people talk about what do you bring to the table, you bring yourself to the table and what comes with you is a level of confidence, of uh, self-awareness, experience that makes you an incredible person to speak with, which makes you a great mentor. So it's, it's good to hear this because especially as Black men, especially as Black men, are young, I have an 18-year-old son. So these are the, you are the kind of men that these kids need to see somebody who's doing stuff, who's succeeding 
after going through some crap and coming out of that better than before and dealing with it. So I applaud everything that you do. Um, tell me about what it felt like writing this book. How was it oh, to kind of relive your business and just put it on some paper? Talk to me about that. Yeah. Uh, cause my life, it, my life had went by so quick. It was just so much stuff that I was caught up doing. It was just so much. My life it went by so quick. But it's like when I sat down and wrote it, it's like I believe God was reminding me of certain things, of certain stories to put in it. And I was writing out the details. I was stopping like, wow, that was God was right there protecting me even when I was doing this foolish, reckless stuff. It made me, and I, you know, it was times I was crying while I was writing. I'm like, wow, like God, you good, you're merciful. And uh, and even after I finished writing the book. You know, when I, uh, after I finished writing it, I went back through and read it. You know, of course, I was like, wow, who is this man I'm reading about? And then I got to some points where I'm like, wow, hold on. Why did I put that in there? I was like, I'm being too vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I hear that. I hear that. And then, okay. And then uh, that's after the book got printed. And then I felt God was saying like, well, what you going to do? Go and reprint the whole book all over again. <laughs> it's out there, man. Just let it right, be, it's out right? There. <laughs> okay. I hear you. So, man, I was just, just looking back, you know, and just actually reading the stories over again of the stuff that I was in between caught up in and seeing how God was still right there in the midst, you know, it just blows me away. It just shows how gracious he is. Excellent. So, like you, so you said you can see yourself writing another book. You definitely have another book. So, do you have that book in mind? Do you know where that book is going to go? What it's going to, what's it, what it's going to be about? Or, I mean, you don't have to tell us the book, but do you have an idea of what this next book coming is going to be? Yes, yeah, so I got a. Actually, I got a few ideas going okay. on in my head. So, okay, okay. You got a few books. That's okay. That's good. That's good. You're going to be busy for a while. That's good. That's, that's good. That's good. We'll go back. The last letter for when I use the word prize on the podcast, I take the middle letter and that's the I. And that represents the man. So there's no word to go with it. So here's the question. When we take away all the titles, kind of the shackles that are thrown on men. So for you, you're not an employee, a businessman, a friend, an author, godfather, podcast guest, when you're not any of that stuff, when it is just you at your core and there's nothing else, who are you? Hmm. <clears throat> I'm just a man who, I mean, honestly, I'm just a, a willing vessel for God. I, I mean, that's what I would say. Uh, I mean, because I say that because, I mean, I look at it like uh, my, I, ended, I ended my life, you know. I'm supposed to be dead. I'm supposed to be in a penitentiary for the rest of my life. I'm supposed to be an alcoholic. My life is over, you know. So it's now I'm living a brand new life now. It's like I'm living on a borrowed life. So I'm just a vessel for God. That's, I mean, I, that's it. That's a vessel for God. <laughs> He snatched me out for a reason. So mm -hmm. I hear that. So I have a few last questions that I asked. Thank you for answering the questions within that prize mantra. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. So life, you've lived quite the life already, and you still have so much more to live. 
but I think with the experiences that you've gone through, answers to these questions could be pretty interesting. So first, I'm gonna change the order a little bit. One thing that I've noticed with men, we're, we're not talkers. We're not as, as talkative as we should be about stuff we've gone on with our lives, emotions, how we feel. And a lot of times it's not that we don't wanna talk, but it may, it's because we don't have somebody to talk to. Because there's a lot going on and to, to kind of be vulnerable, like you talk about, just in terms of your book, to kind of just put your heart out there, it's kind of hard to do. And it was hard for you to write it. It wasn't a person, but the page felt like a person to you so much that you almost didn't want to do it. Right. So my question for you is this. Do you, as a man now, have a person where you could pick up the phone and be like, I did something real dumb. I did something stupid right now, not criminal or anything. Maybe you just did something real stupid and you know you shouldn't have done it. You don't even know why you did it. And it's like, do you have a person you could call who you could say, I, I just need to talk about this. I did something dumb. Somebody who would be like, you right, that was dumb. What are you doing? Who would listen <laughs> to you? Who would, like a friend would be like, yes, that was dumb. What were you thinking? But somebody you feel safe enough with that you could just put that out there and know when that call was over, that you were safe and that and what you told them is safe too. Do you have that kind of friend in this world? Yeah, yes, sir. I would say uh, my brother. I have, a, I have an older brother, you know, so okay. He's, de okay. he's definitely a friend as well that I could that I could call, you know, in a time like that. Okay. Are you that man for anybody? Yes. I have a few friends that do reach out. Who can you know share that same thing? Who can share that with me, and I can you know give them some maybe like some wise counsel, and and their secret will be safe with me. That's good. That's good. What are you afraid of that you can not control? Hmm. To be honest, uh, public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> But, but you know, a lot of times I challenge myself. I'm like, I'm gonna get up and do it anyway. I'm gonna go okay. and do it anyway. I'm not gonna let it hold me back. But you know, that that is a no fear to be honest. Okay, that's a fear for most people. Just having yeah. to just get up there and talk in front of people. But yeah. you're gonna get there. I mean, I based on reading, and I feel like when the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll be. So I think, and you'll be a powerful speaker. So it's coming, no doubt. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. What? Oh, no problem. What are you afraid of that you can control? That I can control? That you can. Hmm. I'm afraid of that I can control. That's a good one. Something out there, something that you something that could affect you that if you just do right or whatever it shouldn't but maybe you're concerned that you might do something to bring it back or something so what's out there that as long as you do and you take care of yourself it shouldn't come get you but it might uh i don't know i guess maybe having to uh maybe having to defend myself against uh you know, someone maybe violating me or a loved one or something like that. Okay. okay. 
Last question. So you mentioned mom raised you, no dad around. We all grow up and when we talk about who's loved us, our parents are always gonna be the ones, mom, dad, usually in your case, just mom. You, you know, you've had your share of women, but no, I guess I'm not, I don't know how many relationships. So here's my question, aside from family, has there, is there anybody who knows you like inside and out, like somebody who has loved you and I mean, really loved you. This person loves you with, knows it all. That skeletons in the closet, it's the shenanigans you pulled, bodies, the safe, all that stuff that we talk about in rap, all the stuff, they know the codes, they know where the bodies are buried, all that stuff. Somebody with all that who loves you for you and for everything that you are. Do you have, and again, we know mom slash dad would be that kind of person. Do you currently, and I ask this for every man to kind of get a gauge where you are. Do you have that kind of person in your life or have you had that person in your life? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Not where they know everything. I don't, honestly, I may have not opened up to someone. Oh, okay. Like that. Okay. Know, okay. Uh, no, there That's... are people who know a few, but not everything. Not, not, a, not everything. everything. Understood. Understood. It, when you, when you do have a wife, when you do have a companion in this world, are you prepared for that person to be the person I'm describing? Are you ready, crack open, and this is me, good, bad, indifferent? Are you at a point right now where when that person is presented, you could do it? Yes, sir, I, I believe so. I, I mean, I would like, like, you know, I would like someone I can you know, do that with. Right, right. You know, what, what greater, greater person than a, a wife? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to set you up or anything, but you know, I'm just trying. To, <laughs> I'm just trying. This is this is me kind of getting into men and such because yeah. we don't do this. Um, we relationships, but we still kind of hold back because we're we're fearful that whoever we're with isn't going to really accept us. And that's not just a, a man thing. Women do that too. But yeah. we are ex. We men, we're careful, and it, sometimes it just takes one little thing. We're talking to somebody, and they don't accept us the way we are or maybe they use what they heard against us and then we shut down and they never get another chance. And right. if for us men, it's important that we open up. We gotta know, we gotta let it out. Otherwise it comes out toxic and we don't, yeah. you know, toxic, we don't like that word. It's been thrust at us, especially black men, we're scary, whatever, and toxic and we don't want that. So that's what I would want for you to find that person who you can let it go. Yes, sir. I just, before you, I recorded a podcast and it was great. And every episode I gained something from the men and I gained something from you. But what I gained from the last man I spoke to, he was talking and I asked him to give me some final thoughts. And he said, I love being loved. And for me, men, that's what we do. We love our family, our significant other, our kids by buying them stuff, clothes on the back, gas is on, lights work, your phone works, whatever. But we don't appreciate it when somebody is loving us. When somebody, and they don't have, it doesn't have to be them buying you stuff. It's just that love. And I think 
I think for you right now, that's how God is taking care of you. Are you appreciating the fact that you have this God taking care of you, pushing you in the right direction, allowing you to make no mistakes, but still accept you for everything that you are? How could, how would you describe, and this would be the last thing I ask you, how would you describe to somebody the feeling of being loved by God? I mean, it's it's a wonderful feeling. Uh, I mean, it's something that you can strive on day by day. You know, it's something that you can rely on and something that you can grow in, you know, and experience God in, you know, different levels. Okay. I hear you. All right. Well, thank you again for answering all those questions as usual. You know, reason we're talking is we're talking about the book. It's all weirded out because of my background. But the power that changed me, if God did it for me, God will do it for you by David Isaiah Hammond. A really good read. Finally, where can our listeners slash viewers find you? I will put no information in the episode notes about where to find the book. So they'll be able to purchase it if they want. But do you have any social media, website? Is there any way that somebody who wanted to talk to you, who wanted to have a conversation with you. Could they find you somewhere? Absolutely. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on author David Hammond, which is H-A-M-M-O-N-D. Also have a YouTube channel, which is the number one, David Hammond. Or they can email me at authordavidhammond at gmail.com. And if they want to purchase the book, it's available on Amazon. You can just type in the power that changed me and the book will pop right up. So it's available in paperback and it's available in Kindle. Excellent. Fantastic. All right. Author David Hammond, thank you uh, so very much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, I want to say thank you to any and all listeners and watchers. Thank you to Kristen McGriff. You listened to this episode. She was a smooth voice you heard at the beginning and the voice you're going to hear when this episode ends. Men, as you listen to this episode, as we end, I want you to remind yourself of your value. I want you to remind yourself of your importance in this world, whether it be for family, for a significant other, or just for yourself. You're important. You're needed. You're wanted. And we need you, especially Black men. We need you. You understand your importance, and then you'll probably make real good decisions. Recognize your spirituality. Recognize that you are a good person no matter your circumstances, matter. whatever you might have done in the past doesn't define you. So I leave you with that. Thank you very much for listening and watching. Thanks for watching Men Are the Prize, the podcast where your inner monologue is revealed. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Men Are The Prize podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow Harvey on the gram at Men of Zealous Nature or on Twitter at Men Zealous. Have a great week and never forget, you are a man and you are the prize.